Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Before we get started, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Um, wonderful to be with you and I'm really excited for, for this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we come before your throne in Jesus' name. Lord, and I just ask for your grace. Jesus, I ask for your presence. Spirit, I pray that you will convict us of your beautiful truth. And, and I ask God that, that you would minister to us now. And I ask that, that you would anoint me in this time. Father, so we ask for, for you and your beauty to come and to minister and um, to make much of yourself and your kingdom and, and all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, if you have your Bible here, we're going to be um, parking off in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be looking at verses... 8 to 12 or 13, and if you don't have your Bible, that's okay, it'll it'll be on the screen. So Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 8. I'll give you a second or two, and then we'll get going. Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking to a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore also there was born of one man and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars in heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Friends, the title for this morning's message and our time that we're going to be spending together is when I look at the stars. And, and the aim for this morning is for us to look at the things that seem to be a million miles away. Things, things that seem to be so far out of our reach. And for those very things that seem to be so far out of our reach, for those to be the very things, for those things to be the source of hope. For those things to be a source for us and that gives us direction in our day-to-day living. And hope, a source of hope, hope in the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, for that very same power to be at work in us day by day by day. Direction for our feet not to wander, but to stay the course. Direction and trust and faith that that what my hands are busy with, that, that God is busy doing something wonderful in and through me. And I want us to know, friends, that where we are now and when we look at that what seems to be to our eyes a million miles away, the vehicle that is going to get us from where we are to to that what seems unattainable, 
is not us going out make, doing bold things for God. The vehicle that's going to get us from here to there is intimacy with God. To walk with God daily and then at the end of our lives we will look back and we will say we serve a great and glorious king who is at work of us day by day by day. And I hope that when we look at scripture, we would be people who desires encounters with God and not people desiring that God would zap me, empower me to have a mountaintop moment and then forget about me. But for us to be people who lives for encounters with God, for us to spend time daily with God, for us to enjoy God on a daily basis. God is to be enjoyed. You know, he, he uses us and that's fantastic. But at the end, he wants to transform you. He wants to do a work in you. God wants to work in your life. He doesn't want to use you just to do something and throw you away and then use the next person, then use the next person. God wants to change and transform you. He wants to be at work in your life and we get to meet with him daily. We get to have communion with him every single moment of every single day. So let's have a desire for that. I hope that we, we would be a people who desires encounters like that. And I am, for one, very careful and very aware um, or wary for just going out and doing bold things. I'm going to do a big, bold thing for God. And I'm like, we need to be careful if that is us. Because what often ends up happening is we would leave church and we would be all psyched up and we'd say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then we do this or that. And it fails, whatever th this or that might be. And then we end up blaming God because it might be good and noble things that we attempt, but it's not birthed out of intimacy with God. And then that's not God's child. And we look at God and we say, well, why did you allow me to fail in this thing? Why, 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 why didn't this work? And it's not God's child. It wasn't birthed out of intimacy. The good news is that you are his child. And he wants to speak beautiful things to you. And he wants to reveal himself to you. And out of that intimacy with him will be birthed beautiful and bold things. And I want us to look this morning just a little bit more about what is intimacy with God. What does it look like? And uh, we're going to look at a couple of pictures and then we're going to have some coffee. So um, Genesis 17, if, verse 1. First thing that we're going to look at piece of scripture is that is when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and he said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. And this is a picture to me of, of intimacy. What does this tell you about God appearing to a man who is 99 years old? For those of you who don't know, that's a lot. Okay, that's, that's, that's an old guy. And, and he tells them, walk before me and be blameless. I don't know about you, by the age of two, I could no longer be blameless. I could no longer be innocent. I, I, it, it's done. So it just shows, which reveals to me something of God and of his heart. He's not looking for people with clean slates. He's not looking for people with a perfect track record. He's not looking for people with a perfect past. God is coming to someone who I am sure has got a list of regrets the size of Table Mountain, and he tells him, walk before me, be blameless in my sight, live a life that is mindful of me so that I can bless you. And for me, that's very reassuring, showing us that that is the way that God operates. 
The eyes of the Lord is on the righteous and his ears are attentive to our prayers. He just wants us to live a life that is mindful of him. Live in his presence. Second thing that I see um, at this is this is a marathon. This is not a hundred meter dash. This is not something, bam, I get zapped and, and then God sends me out and that's the end of it. God wants me to live a daily life that is mindful of him, empowered by his spirit. Live in God's presence. And I, I, I was so inspired by John Mark a couple of weeks ago, just by to live in his presence. And I hope that you are challenged, and I hope that it is something um, that we live and strive for. And then in the same verse, this is very disturbing piece um, of scripture, Genesis 17, uh, verse 9. We read, And God said to Abraham, and I hope it disturbs you as well, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. And this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So all I want to do this morning is share three simple pictures with you. Just three pictures, and for the pictures to minister to you and speak to you. And the first picture is that of circumcision, and that, that goes hand in hand with identity. So God promised, just listen to this, just listen to this, or think about this. God promised Abraham as many descendants as the stars in the sky, as the sand um, on the seashore, just an innumerable lineage. And God tells him, Abraham, I want you to circumcise the very member that is to produce your offspring. Okay, that's challenging. For me, that's challenging. Yet his encounter with God leaves an old man. So just listen to the story. It's so beautiful. He's 99 years old. He has an encounter with God. And and forget about feeling tired and old and all that. Imagine this guy at 99 years old, God tells him, circumcise yourself. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm okay. Why? Because you, you, you're going to have offspring as innumerable as the stars in the sky. Also, I'm okay. I'm old. I, I, no, thank you. Yet his encounter with God was so real. It sparked something so amazing inside him. God was so unlike anything else that he's ever encountered in his life that he trusted God and he circumcised himself. Okay, no scalpel, surgical steel, none of that stuff. He had an encounter with God. He trusted God. No Google uh, or YouTube, thankfully. No. <laughs> No videos like that. He, he had an encounter with God. God tells him, circumcise yourself. And, and he did it because his encounter with God made him trust God 100% completely. Completely, completely, completely. And I ask myself, why circumcision? You know, why not just wear an earring in a certain ear or a ring on a certain finger? Or let's, why not just have a certain hairstyle? For us to, to or because you, you don't have hair, and that's a good one. So, anyway, so why not have a, a symbol for us to associate with this covenant between us and God? And the reason for that is identity. So back in the day, life was very, very simple. That which determined everything was your sex. So if you were male, it gave you your identity. That is that, and it 
also determines the trajectory of your life. So if you were born with certain parts, you were a male, and no discussion, no, no questions or issues about that, and, and that determines the trajectory of your life, or you were female. So that the, how you identified and what determined who and what you would be was if you were male or female. And now God says that very thing, that, that how you identify and tells you who and what you are, that gives you your identity, will now look different because you will no longer identify as a man or a woman, but you will identify as men or women belonging to God. Okay? And it's very important for us to know who we are. And the repercussions are horrendous if we don't know our identity. I want to fast forward us um, a couple of years. There's a boy, his name is David, and he's bringing his brother's provisions at the time of war. And there's this giant his man, his name is Goliath, and he's crying out over the armies of God. And they're sitting here, and there's a promise. So remember, there's thousands and thousands of circumcised men who carry the promise of Abraham that I will make your descendants as innumerable um, as the sand on the seashore. Yet they face extinction, yet they face for the, the entire clan or country to come to an end because they are, there's a giant that's crying out over them and they've listened to the giant and not to the promise. David enters, he brings his brother's food and the thing that David sees is not his size. David remembers, he knows his identity and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God because he knows on his body he cares, he, he, he he carries the mark that he belongs to God. And that is, it's, for us, it's detrimental if we don't know our identity. Friends, we live in a time in this country. If you find your identity in anything but Christ, you are in serious trouble. If you identify yourself as a white Afrikaner male, go to Australia. There is no place for you here. <laughs> Honestly, you're in serious trouble. If you identify yourself as a businessman, we know what's happening in the government. There's trouble. You are in serious trouble. Now is the time for us to identify, know our identity and our identity in Christ. And I want to fast forward. We've been preaching for years and years to our friends and family ad nauseum. Okay, they are sick of it. They said, and now it's the time of war. And you know what? Oh, you have a choice. You can sit next to them being scared, listening to the giants that the economy is going to tank and crash and all these things. Or now is the time for you to rise up and stand and to say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? We know we carry the promises of God with us. That is who we are as a people. And also, I think um, I just thought about this story of Paul and Silas. They were on a mission trip and there was this woman with the spirit of divination who followed them. And, and it says that Paul got greatly, he was greatly annoyed with it. Acts 16, 25. And he cast out a demon. And what, what happened was that he was locked up in jail. He was battered. He, was, he, he, he received a physical beating in jail for declaring the gospel, for making a stand, for knowing his identity. And you know what happened? We see the most beautiful picture of worship right there in Acts 25. It says it was mid midnight and, and they were praising God in the time of affliction. And there was an earthquake and the 
jail open and everyone could just run free, but they chose to stay right there in the presence of God. And I just think now for us as a country and as a people, it's worship practice. It's a time we've been preaching a long time. If things get tough, and I, we can't say, you know, everything's going to be okay because we don't know that. But I'm telling you, now is a time for us, for God to, 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 to pull praise off of our lips and it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. As a country, as a people, as a nation, it is a beautiful time for us to stand up and just to know our identity. Our identity is in Christ. And whatever the world will throw at us, whatever the economy might do, whatever government might do, my, I identify myself. I belong to a living God, a God of miracles, a God of wonders, a God of compassion, a God of righteousness. And I just think that's, that's, that's who we are. So the first picture that we have is um, the picture of identity, of intimacy. We see that Genesis 17, verse from verses 1 to 9. Then the second picture, let's go back to the story, is we read in Genesis 18, verse 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and in advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So, Again, let's remember the picture and let's remember the promise. God promised Abraham descendants as innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. His wife, Sarah, um, is part of the way of women. So she, she, she hit menopause a couple of years ago and, and she's no longer able, it's, it's a fact, she's no longer able to conceive. She's no longer able to have children. And just listen to how beautiful and how trustworthy God is. This is a woman who has desired children all her life, but was without children. Imagine the hopelessness in her. Imagine the disappointment in her for not being able to conceive um, after years and years and years and years of trying. Now the way of women has ceased to be with her. So there is, there is no chance, there's not a chance for her to, to be pregnant. God speaks to Abraham, he tells himself, circumcise yourself. And I want you to see these two pictures collide now. So on the one hand, you have got a guy who's 99 years old. On the other hand, you have a lady who's 90 years old. And he's circumcising himself. We don't know if everything works. We don't. It's never been done before. Then you have a lady on the other hand, and the way of women is past her. And God tells him, your descendants will be as innumerable as the sand which is on the seashore. And their encounter with God leaves them that they trust him, and they, they, they believe him, and they, they go for it. And I want you to see and know this picture, for me, more than anything, is a picture of the church. It, in, in Afrikaans, we have a beautiful, and um, there's a beautiful term, gemeenskap, okay? And coincidentally, it's also when you, are, you, you come together as man and wife. And this is, it's a need of, it's a picture for me of the church. It's the need of community, that we need to be together. And it's not glamorous. They did not come together out of um, desire for one another. These were not young people going on a honeymoon. These were older people people and the need for community is right there. God tells them, you guys be together and I will bless that. And for me, that is a picture of the church. It is not glamorous. 
Huh? You, 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 it's messy. It gets you frustrated. It's not necessarily a desire. But let me tell you that the church is the container for God's promises. And when we get together and when we do life together, beautiful things come out of us being together and our union. The church is God's plan for the universe, for His promises. And I just want to, enc- I'm so encouraged by, by this. Um, by this picture. And I want us to know that ZAP encounters, I've said it before, and I'll, they don't exist. They were not together once, then waited a couple of months. Okay, uh, nothing's happening. Okay, let's be to- together again. Okay, well, let's wait nine months. Okay, no, baby. They didn't have time for that. So, so God to- told them their descendants will be as innumerable as the, sea, as the sand which is at the seashore. So they were together. And it, it rekindled intimacy between them. And out of that, that bore fruit. And I want us to know that, that that's a picture that zap encounters, it, it counts for nothing. God's desire is not for you to sit here to zap you and then you say, see, you losers later and we never see you again. God's plan is for you to walk with us losers out into eternity. And from that to come beautiful, sorry, I'm spitting on you, Celia. Shame, it's her first time here and I'm spitting on her. I apologize. So that's not God's heart for, you, for us to do things on our own, zapping us, and now I've got the answers for everything, and there I go on my own trajectory and my own story and my own path, and check you guys Tuesday. It's not God's plan. It's a need for community. I see it in Scripture. I see it with these two people, and I, and I just say, it's messy. It's not beautiful. It's not glamorous, but it, it is the container for God's promises, and out of that... Um, Beautiful, beautiful things will happen. Orthodoxy, friends, is a stench both to heaven and to earth. And there's no power in being weekend warriors coming here, shouting Jesus from the top of your lungs, raising your arms in a perfect V. But that, there's, there's, there's no inward reality of that outward ex- expression. There, there's no place for that. It is a stench. It's a stench to your family, I promise you. It's a stench to your colleagues, I double promise you. And, and it's, it's, it's a stench to the world. What the world needs is people in community walking it out with friends. But more, most importantly, it can't be only that. We need to be intimate with God. That intimacy justifies the, the hands. The intimacy with God justifies the Jesus, the name that is above every name. But if there's, we're just shouting out his name, raising our arms, but there's no inward reality of that outward expression, we're in serious, serious, serious trouble. And the reason why, and this leads us to the third and the final picture, the reason why we can be bold, the reason for, for great, great intimacy and the path to great intimacy was unlocked to me personally in this very church by a gentleman named Terry Virgo. Um, so Terry Virgo came to Life Changes, I think it was about three or four years ago. I was not here then. And, and he spoke to a, a, a couple of pastors. And, and he gave us this, this picture from Scripture that, so Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Esau and Jacob, right? And it was Isaac was advancing his years and he was on his way out and he said, okay, I want to bless my children. So Esau was, was, was a hairy guy. He was out. He was a man's man. He was a hunter. 
So he went out hunting. His dad said, okay, I want to bless you. So he said, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get you um, something to eat. I'm going to prepare that for you. Jacob was an opportunist. He was sly. And they, he killed a goat. And he took the skins of that and wrapped it around his arms so that he felt like his brother. His brother was a hairy man. So he felt like his brother. He, he rubbed dirt on him so he smelled like the felt. And uh, Isaac was advanced in his ears. So eyesight no longer there, hearing no longer, lacquer, all of that stuff. So that's, that's how that was able to happen. So Jacob comes to Isaac and he, he tells him, why are you back so soon? He said, no, well, God's been good. So he gives him the child. He eats it. And he says, okay, now let me bless you, my son. And he feels him, but he can't see. He can't see. He feels him, and he feels his son Esau. But it's Jacob. And he blesses him the blessing of Esau, of the firstborn. He gives him his very best blessing. But Jacob deceived him. Now fast forward. When we go to the throne of God, God looks at us. He sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. We, 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 we're like Jacob. We're guilty. we sly. We, we don't deserve God's best blessing. But when we go to the Father's throne, the Father doesn't see me, my sin. The Father sees Jesus. And that's why we say, Father, I come, to your name. I come to you in Jesus' name. That he would see his son and he loves his son and he would bless his son. And for us, that is boldness. We can pray prayers that is more bold than we could ever think, thought, or imagine. Because we have access to the throne. We have access to the, the most, the holy of holies. We have access to God. So I just want us to, to be so encouraged that we have access to the King of Kings. And we, we can have those encounters. So friends, I want to plead with you. Reconsider I'm going to do this and that. Can I encourage you, before you do this and that, in the morning, take your Bible, take a chair, have a cup of coffee, just encounter God. Just spend time with God. And if you've done that for a week, maybe say, let's do it another week. Maybe let's do that for a month and let's then um, see where God leads you. But I am convinced of this, that, that out of insecurity, we say, I'm going to attempt this, I'm going to attempt that, do great things for God and fails. And it shakes our faith and we don't know why. And we end up in the gutter and we blame God. But that's not God's child. That's birthed out of our own insecurity, out of our own ambition, out of a lot of things. You are his child. He's got words for you. So when you look at the stars, when you look at the things that seem to be a million miles away, I hope that faith stirs, that faith rises in you. And know the vehicle that's going to get us from here to there is intimacy with God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you not because of our own righteousness, but because of your great mercy. I thank you that, that we can pray bold prayers in Jesus' name. And Lord, it is my desire, and it is our desire, that you would bless us, that you would give us the blessing of your Son, the very best, that you would give us those things. Father, I pray that we, you, this would spark intimate moments with you. I pray for daily moments, Father. I pray that you would reveal yourself in Scripture to my friends every morning. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through intimate times. May we be a people who loves peace. 
Maybe you're people seeking after justice, doing justice, and a people who's humbly walking with you. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.